Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What is going on? What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the KBR Sports Podcast. We know the best sports podcast of your 24 hour day. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. Of course, if you're not already, make sure you guys go ahead and hit the subscribe button and make sure you hit the follow button as well, depending on wherever you're listening to. The podcast is available on all platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so on. So make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe on your corresponding platform. And of course, make sure you subscribe to the KBR Sports YouTube channel where the most recent video actually details a lot of the reasons why the Golden State Warriors just are light, light years ahead of the competition Sort of. And I think it's a good watch, judging by the fact that the Golden State Warriors are now our Western Conference champions. And it's a testament to how good this team has been for such a long time at this point. And we're going to we're going to start off the podcast talking about the Golden State Warriors. And yes, I said we because I got my guy Snack Kill Oatmeal on the podcast with me. Brother, what's going on? How you feeling? If you ever wake me up at seven o'clock again to ever do a podcast. I will fly to Florida and actually fight you. <laughs> hey, bro, look. Look, sometimes you, you no, know, the, the, no look. you got to have the Bane mentality. The fire rises. Oh, and... <laughs> oh, well, guess what? Guess what mentality I don't have? <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's Jeff Bezos who wakes up at 10 o'clock every morning. Oh, gosh. Are you, are and you, and I, try, I try to emulate Jeff Bezos as much as I can. But see, you're, you're not you're emulating the Jeff Bezos at the end of the journey of where he was traveling. You got to emulate the Jeff Bezos at the beginning of his journey where he was building the business. That's the Jeff oh, Bezos no. you got to emulate. He wakes up at, at 6.30. He wakes up at 6.30? Yeah. Who wakes up at There's somebody who wakes up at 10. <laughs> that backfired. It might be, this, it might be Elon Musk. This no, guy. He wakes up at Whatever. Somebody wakes up at 10 who's a millionaire. That's who I... Uh, Emulating, some, emulating somebody who doesn't even know who does it. That's crazy. Uh, I know I know somebody does it. That's all that matters. There is some million slash billionaire who wakes up at ten AM and they get the and they get the job. I know Kevin Durant wakes up at ten AM. Yikes, man. <laughs> Are you sure? He he's yeah, remember he used to say he said that one he made one comment. He was like, you know, we gotta wake up at ten AM. And something like that, you know? And it's like, I remember, I, I specifically remember Kevin Durant saying that. Man. Oh, yeah, I you're going to look it up, something. and then you're going to find out it was like Tabo Cephalosha. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't no Tabo Cephalosha um, or nothing like that. I'm just saying. But I digress at the point nonetheless. But let's talk about the Warriors, because the Warriors have had an incredible run as a team since dating back to 2015 when they started this championship run and even if you want to extend it before that just how well this organization has played out in terms of the picks they've made in the draft and so on and now you see it all culminate with them making their sixth finals appearance in eight years and I just want you to I want to talk about the fact that just how good this organization has been and hitting in all the areas that matter and I feel as though for me personally honestly I, the the Warriors 
I feel like they, they definitely are a well-run franchise, right? But a lot of it, man, is so much luck and circumstances that that were bare to them in large part. It's, it's so so wild to me because in large part due to the fact that Steph Curry started out his career with messed up ankles. And people might wonder why, why how does that correlate to now? But because Steph Curry played had messed up ankles from the start of his career he, he they, the Warriors were able to get him to sign a a lower contract in terms of dollar value right and the impact that had on their salary cap they were able to sign a lot more guys under that salary cap so a lot more quality players under that salary cap and be able to fit guys within that salary cap obviously you're then drafting quality guys like a Clay Thompson Draymond Green whomever else that you you bring in during that time period. And then you're signing guys like Barbosa, Igudala. You're making the right trades, make, not making the right trades and stuff like that. and Or not making the wrong trades more so. And a lot of the reason why Steph Curry's ankles and his health issues at the beginning of his career matter is because that's essentially the only way they were able to get a guy like Kevin Durant, right? Because they were able to fit that, that Kevin Durant under their, into their cap with the as a free agent due to the due to the issues that Steph Curry was having and Steph Curry didn't have this exorbitant contract at the time when they extended him so they were able to and it, and we had an abnormal cap spike in the year that Kevin Durant went to Golden State as well so when that happened it it allowed them this avenue to get this max level player that just you wouldn't ever see that happen in basketball really under any under other circumstances which is why it's such an anomaly that that team was even able to exist, but as a result of that that being the case, the the Warriors then when Kevin Durant was leaving, they talked him into being willing, being willing to do a sign and trade, and essentially at that point, the Warriors were able to keep bringing people in into fitting in that cap space that Kevin Durant occupied. They could keep trading for guys because you realize none of these guys that they're bringing in at this point are signing as free agents or whatever the case might be. The Warriors are making wise trades and they did a sign and trade with Kevin Durant in which he signed he signed the contract with them. They traded him to Brooklyn in which they went and got D'Angelo Russell and Kevin Durant made them include a first round pick in that deal. But you get D'Angelo Russell and then you bring him back and then eventually they go on and flip D'Angelo Russell into Andrew Wiggins and, and some picks as well and you just see how well it's 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 come to bear fruit for this Warriors team and the draft picks they've made with like Kaminga, the Jordan Poole in the year Kevin Durant left. They picked Jordan Poole, I think at 28th is what his, his draft selection was. And you, you just got to give tip your hat to him. But yeah, go ahead, bro. Let me know. What, what do you think about this Warriors team getting to their six finals in eight years? Uh, I don't even think you have to the um the maybe or sort of in the uh their light years ahead i mean they're uh i mean six finals in eight years i mean outside of like the spurs run or the lebron james by himself run you really, i mean just don't typically see kind of that level of of dominance even I'm trying to think the bulls had even, a well, the bulls had a similar run well yeah, uh, Bulls. I mean, they yeah, they went six straight. I mean, not even six straight. They won six and eight. Yeah, they won six and eight. Six and eight, I should say. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, those are all those are all, you know, 
I mean, Braun's a top three player all time. Spurs are we're you know seen as a, you know one of the best organizations, not just in uh, just in basketball and all the sports. Jordan's Bulls. I mean, no need to even even talk about them. So I, I mean, this kind of run, I think we'll look back. Even though they won, this will be their if they win this one, it'd be their fourth their yeah. fourth championship. I mean, four of six. I mean, you're not doing too bad. Um, four. Wait. Yeah, yeah, four yeah you're right. You're right. It's be four. four it'll be four or six of the of, of their finals trips. More so, if you're talking about in oh, the year eight. span, it'd be it'd be four of eight. But yeah, in the finals trips, it'd be four of six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four of eight in the, in a decade ain't bad. No, no. Uh, especially when you look at you know the injuries that they suffered against Toronto again, and, and I think when we looked at this team, I think Draymond. You know, when he said it originally, I was like, I was like, nobody, you know, people expected you to get back here. But then I thought about it, and I was like, no, he's right. The Steph Curry injury, the Clay injury, you know, who people didn't think Clay would come back properly. People thought Draymond was kind of getting up there in age and starting to be a little washed. Yeah. And I mean, Steph's getting older. Yeah. So I, you know, uh, and so it's just getting back here again. You know, especially after the whole, should we just go ahead and skip the regular season thing? Yeah. Um, I think just as a testament to the, the front office, first of all, because not only are they great right now, I mean, they still, like you mentioned, they have Kaminga. If Wiseman can get healthy and stay healthy, Moses, Jordan Poole, these are all guys like under 23. Yeah. They. They have, and I mean, you, and we obviously see the, the the scouting where they they picked Kevon Looney, followed out in 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 this round. Yeah, he was third really in Yeah. Um, before him, you know, they had Festus Azili, you know, play act, play minutes in big moments, and he was the thirtieth pick. Draymond was obviously a second round pick. So the, I mean, this this I mean, all around front office from scouting to managing contracts to to trading this is i mean they're always on it so it's like yeah i expect them even next level to still be able to do what they're doing yeah and it it is one of those things that you really get you tip your hat because this is what good managerial you know good team management looks like and this is where you you don't look at any of the transactions the warriors do and feel like "Mm, the warrior they they gave away too much or yeah they got fleeced or something like you never feel that way with the warriors. Right. And some teams, I think some teams, they, they still continue to win even in spite of, I mean, I say bad, I don't, I don't want to say bad man, but I feel like some teams they win despite the fact, and in, in, in spite of the fact that sometimes their management doesn't make the best decisions in terms of team building. And yeah. it's because they have such top level players. Right. I think I would I would accuse the Lakers of this to some degree with the LeBron Anthony Davis 2020 team that won the championship. There were flaws yeah. with that team. But granted, when you have two max players, you only have so much room that you can maneuver with. But I that that team I felt like when people look back on the Anthony Davis trade with the, all the picks, I even tweeted it at the time that all the pick swaps that I felt like were involved in there when you're including already so much young talent it seemed as though they were getting hosed a little bit, especially with Anthony Davis. Everybody knew he was going to be a pending free agent. And 
you see you see deals like that and it feels it gives off a Sam Presti S vibe. Obviously it's more more Golden State than Sam Presti, right? Because Golden State is actually the the team that's been doing this around the actually Oklahoma City and Golden State have been doing this thing for about the same amount of time. But Oklahoma City obviously they've had their falterings in how they've managed their their talent. They they've been able to acquire talent, but they've managed it horrifically at times. And we are yeah, I mean, we, when we talk about Oklahoma City, when you draft those three guys, three future MVP guys, and the way they built the teams around those guys, they built good teams around them. But the problem was that once the James, the, once the James Harden trade happened, Oklahoma City's management of the the talent on the roster was 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 punitive. It was pretty. The Kevin Durant even spoke to it. There was never another guy really. Once Kevin Martin especially left, there wasn't a guy that could create another shot. They didn't have consistent floor spacing. It was him and Russ pretty much facing double teams. They were winning in spite of the fact of how their roster was built, not not at the benefit of how their roster was built. And I feel as though that's something that Oklahoma City, that as, as great as they have been at sometimes selecting talent, they, I don't know, I feel like that's also a flaw. Because Golden State, when, when we're talking about how they were being able to draft these guys, like Jordan Poole, has developed into a player that fits. I mean, he's playing quality playoff minutes here. He's he's one of the leading scorers in the playoffs for the Warriors. Okay. And the only problem is oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. no, no. Go say your point. I don't want you to forget it. Go ahead. Um, is that it? Like, uh, Sam Presti kept trying to to find these guys that would fit. I mean, you can go look how many how many wings they they drafted. The, the three and D kind of guys who are projected to be three and D kind of wings, you know, they, they went through multiple uh, three and D wings and they just, they just Damn never hell. seen the, yeah. and it's like, I mean, yeah, it's on some, it's on some management that, you know, uh, none of the draft picks hit, but it, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I want to, I guess you have to kind of fault them for, you do. For just not being able to find that guy, but I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty lenient on them because I mean it's not like they didn't try. They knew what they were, they knew their weakness, and they tried to fix, it and they just it just didn't work out. But see, here's my here's my thing. This is my retort to you. This is where where Golden State saw that they didn't have a weakness. Oklahoma City thought they had to do something, and they made a move that, in essence killed what was a championship contending team or a championship team caliber team that went to the NBA finals. Golden State yeah. saw what they had in Steph and Clay and decided to keep it together, right? And Oklahoma City this and this this is where, you know, it, we give Golden State credit for keeping it together, but it's not like at the time when people were rumoring for Clay Thompson to get traded for Kevin Love, it ain't like Golden State had just been to a finals, right? It was something that they saw and they were like, hey, this thing can really be like, this is where we can go with basketball type deal. And they saw that they had the foresight to see that before it even became that. Oklahoma City was just in the finals. And you go and make that James Harden trade. That's just such, that's bad management, man. And it's a situation. And yeah, I get it. They try to keep filling those gaps, but it's it's a hole they created for themselves. They were, yeah, they were one of the top defensive teams each year. He won Scott Scott Brooks was winning coach of the year awards because they kept making these 
incredible jumps because they were such a well-rounded team. Serge Ibaka was able to space at the four position. They normally had some guy at the five of Nick Collison or whomever to play that position. But it was Kendrick first. Well, they didn't get Kendrick. Did they get Kendrick in that champion the year they went to the finals? Yeah, they had. Yeah, Kendrick was a starting center. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Kendrick was a starting center. Okay, so they had Kendrick oh, Perkins, and then Nick Collinson was the backup. Then they had Derek Fisher coming off the bench as a point guard, and at one point Eric Maynard was there as well, right? Eric wow. Maynard. Yeah, that's a, that's a name, right? <laughs> names out there. She name, bro. Look, the basketball knowledge goes deep, but <laughs> you had Eric Maynard what? coming off as a backup point guard as well, as along with Derek Fisher, but they had. That team did have some deficiencies, but it wasn't deficiencies that were fixed by trading away James Harden. And it's one of those self-inflicted wounds that Oklahoma City was never able to recover from. And it would be different if James Harden wanted to go. But when the fact that he wanted to be there, it's just it's a it's a very big black mark on Sam Presti's managerial ability in that time period that yeah. he was there. The only difference I will say is that they're playing in San Francisco versus Oklahoma City. I guess, but but the, the, I mean, you have to you have to really. I, that's one of those things. It's like the, the owner has to be like dead set on. I mean, remember what the comments were when Golden State had everybody. They were like, "Oh yeah, we're willing to pay whatever it takes to go into the luxury. We'll play whatever luxury tax we have to pay." You know, and it's like that's a benefit of being able to play in, in San Francisco versus, I mean, are you willing to make that investment as an owner in OKC? But Have here's... three guys on your contract, on your on your books, plus you're paying, you already paid Serge Ibaka, plus you're paying Kendrick Perkins. But the thing is, I think you would have made that money back had that had that team and been able to bear out a championship. I think Maybe. the short term thinking, and this is where I give, and I I do acknowledge the fact of you know a smaller market team, they don't have as much flexibility in terms of money, but that that involves managerial ability, your ownership's ability to to mitigate financial situations. San Antonio isn't some big market; it's a small, it's technically a smaller market as well, and. Yeah market huh i would say it's a it's a medium market as opposed to that's fine but okay but san antonio as well i mean the medium market but they've been able to manage even when they were managing everything with tim duncan tony parker manu and what'd you say also pay cuts pay cuts but see that's part of part of management right you you are able to you able to get these guys to want to take pay cuts and want to be play together for a lower amount but to reach a a bigger goal i get that maybe with the oklahoma city situation these guys are younger lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And they wanted to. Yeah. They wanted to play play for more money, but. I, I wish I could know. I, I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant has spoken about it. I, I need to find the interview. But I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant has spoken about the fact that they wanted to keep James. And he was willing to do what it could take to keep James. So if if mm-hmm. they, if we're talking about Kevin Durant shaving off some money off his contract to keep James. Because he wanted to keep contending. And I don't know, man. That's one of those things I think management. He actually said they didn't even bring the thing to him. They didn't bring it to him that. They were that the the problem was a little it was what four million dollars of what the Somehow, difference was. I'm dead backwards. It's it, been it, so long. It's just one of those things, man. That it's like that's a testament to Golden State's ability to, to keep, just they just made the right decisions. They made the right decisions time in and time out, and you don't really see themselves them shooting themselves in the foot. For example, the Lakers, right? The Lakers, granted. After a first, after winning a championship and then you get exited out of the first round, yes, you have a bit of you have to reflect on your team and say, hey, what was the issue this season? Throughout that whole season, you can't just look at the decisions without the context behind them. Throughout the whole season following the Lakers' 2020 championship season, a lot of it was LeBron was dealing with the fact that Anthony Davis was getting hurt a lot. Then LeBron turned his ankle and got hurt. And the Lakers didn't seem to have an, another guy that can handle the ball and be a consistent on-ball threat, whatever the case might be, and also run the offense and be able to be a playmaker and creator on a consistent basis at a high level. And for them, they looked at what happened in that in that first round against Phoenix once Anthony Davis went down and realized, man, this man LeBron has no help. And they try to go and make a move, but it's just one of those things that I feel like an organization like Golden State, they don't, they they would have foresaw the fact that look, LeBron James needs floor spacing, him and Anthony Davis's pick and rolls need floor spacing. The way this team fits and operates, we need to have guys that are three and D players that space up the court, or if we're gonna get a playmaker, he has to be a guy that can knock down shots, whatever the case might be. To go and get Russell Westbrook, that's just that it doesn't. Mm-mm. It doesn't. That's one of those things. It's a self-inflicted wound, right? But we we saw that trade coming, and we knew, hey, that's not going to fit. That's just that doesn't even make sense, right? And I remember when the conversation was Russell Westbrook or Buddy Hield or Demar Derozan, and t- hindsight is twenty twenty now with how everything has worked out. But everybody saw that Buddy Hield was a better fit from a shooting perspective, just a purely shooting perspective in terms of spacing the floor. He was a yeah. better fit, and. DeMar DeRozan as a as a creator and a scorer also was a better fit because Russ just cannot shoot. Even though DeMar doesn't shoot threes like that, he's able to still create and facilitate in a manner that Russ, his shooting ability just isn't it isn't there. It just <laughs> I don't know I don't know what's happened, but he he just can't shoot. He can't he can't shoot at all. And it, it's not even just like a three point thing. Now it's like a mid range thing. At least DeMar can shoot mid range shots. Russ just can't shoot. So, I don't know. I don't know. What do you have any thoughts on that last point before we, we move on? Yeah, to- I, I want to say this about the Lakers, right? Uh, the more I remember, I think about the trade, I can get why. I mean, listen, you go back, look at what Russ was did. This literally the season before. It's like I I I, I understand. Like I, the more I think about it, the more I understand the trade. Yeah, the fit isn't perfect, 
But you're like, you know what? These are all veteran guys. They'll make it work. And, so, and the main point I want to make is three and D players. And the problem is, I think, and one of the problems I think is finding those three and D players is how expensive those guys are now. Because every team is now looking for three and D players. Yeah. So guys, guys are three and D players. If you have, if you have a hint of being able to shoot three, I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith makes double digits in three, in double digits in 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 his contract now. Yeah. You know, and I mean, he's he's a good three and D player. Like, I don't. He's not an elite three and D player. He's just a good three and D player. Yeah. yeah. Trying to look up his contract right now, actually. Yeah, he makes 12, 13, 14, 15 mil. Jeez. You know, and this is it's, and it's just hard when you have two two guys who are um two guys who are max players. And then I mean essentially and then you have LeBron who was making since he's older he makes even more than than Anthony Davis does. It's just hard to, and then getting people to get rid of three and D players. Like everybody knows how important they are, so they're they're not getting rid of them. Yeah, but the problem is that the Lakers had what they had like two or three, three and D guys, yeah. and yeah, they tricked. Right. Alex Caruso. Uh, yeah, that was a rough one. The the Caruso one really hurt. That that was that a really, was and that wasn't even a part of the rush trade. They just didn't re-sign him. Uh, yeah, they were just like we're not. Uh, we have a talent, Horton Tucker, and we're just gonna keep him. And Alice Caruso that season with the Lakers has shot forty percent from three. Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't think uh, Horton Tucker shot forty percent from three. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm gonna I'm take a take a shot in the dark here and uh, say he didn't. <laughs> Taylor Horton Tucker definitely shot. 27% from three this year. And, and with the you year close before. your eyes, he, <laughs> you ignore that part, he shot 41%. I'm not going to say from where, but he shot 41%. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things, man. These these are the managerial decisions that we're talking about. And then you trade KCP, who is another 3 and D guy. You trade Kyle Kuzma, who was 3-ish, ish guy. And it, it, I, I think that's a very kind statement. Kuzma's weird, man. To, to talk a, about, a good, I, I think he's a good effort guy. He's he's good. He's not great at anything, but he's just good enough at things. He gives you effort. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to characterize him. Like he does some things well. He's not really he's he's not known for anything though. Like he's he no. just he just does stuff good. That's yeah. <laughs> that's about it. It's not a bad thing either. Like you meet guys on the team that just do stuff. No, like he. I mean, he averaged seventeen and eight and a half rebounds. You know what I mean? And yeah. he shot forty five percent from the field and he shot thirty four percent from three. So I think as a as a player, Kuzma's solid, right? He's a solid guy, and I think that the Lakers. I don't know that that's just that's. I just can't see how. You know, that's that's the thing. Yeah, it doesn't like yeah. I, I get what you're saying, like coming off of what Russ had just done. But then you got to fit is so important and you got to know your yeah. players. That's the problem. It when we talk about Golden State, Golden State knows its players and it brings people in that fit into that culture. And also, the, their players are like all perfectly portable. Yeah, they are. They are. They're they're the Golden State. The Golden State architect 
architecture is, is is phenomenal. I I can't gush over it enough. I mean, I guys watch that video because you really just see how well they formulated everything. I wish I would have went more in depth about how even with in the in terms of advanced stats, how Golden State has built this team. And when you go into advanced stats, looking at how they really bore out this whole, it's kind of crazy, right? When you go deeper in, but I know when I make YouTube videos, I'm like, okay, I got to keep it to like most important information or people are going to be like, okay, I'm checking out on this guy. But <laughs> Wait for the, it's going to be coming. <laughs> I would probably do it more in this setting, in a podcast setting, because people are listening for that more in depth and longer conversation. So once I get that stuff again, I pulled it up. And while I was making the video, and then I was like, oh, I can't put this in there. It's just going to take, it's going to be too much. But I'll put it in here at some point. But it, it's one of those things that when you look at the the Miami, I think people reference Miami, right, a lot when they talk about the Lakers team building situation. They're like, well, LeBron played with Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne Wade wasn't a three point shooter or whatever. But it's just like, you're just ignoring the, that. That's one of those things like, you, like, what's, are you scouting right? Right? Like, do you not realize the difference between Dwayne Wade? and russell westbrook let alone Le- miami lebron and laker lebron do you not realize the difference between the two players and it's one of those things that i think the negligence there you just see two situations you just automatically uh, assume them to be similar and i just don't to ignore all the things Dwayne wade was able to do off the ball that russell westbrook cannot do and as well as Dwayne wade's better ability to have some semblance of a mid-range shot or whatever the case might be. I I just no. Nah. Okay, I'm not. I don't think anybody expects him to be Dwayne Wade. But you look at that and you're like, all right, Russ. Again, I just want to. I just want to point out before the before this year, his mid-range didn't. His mid-range had not died. Like it was worse than his. You know, at his prime, obviously, at his peak. But it was not. It just didn't fall off a cliff. And like as you saw, in the, as he got healthy last year, his mid range was still was still there. He obviously never shoots threes. That's just, that's just fine. If, you know, you know, if, if he keeps the the defense honest by at least attempting them, you know, that that's decent enough. You don't you never expect Russ to hit those. But the problem is like everything just just like fell off for him. Yeah. And and that was the main it. Like he shot the same he always does, but it didn't feel like it. And then like I don't know, it just felt like his whole game was affected. Like he was like Russ has had was awful. I'm like I'm yeah. not gonna sit here. And, I, I love Russ. I'm not gonna sit here and shit and go. Russ was gosh awful. And like even last year, he shot 31, percent which is above his career average from deep. Yeah, and it's like on on four attempts. It's like okay, you know what? I can live with that from Russ. Mm. You know, and the, but then this year he drops back under thirty percent, and it's like, but and he, I mean, just I just I don't know, like it's just such a harsh drop off. The problem, the problem I have with it though is that to not, because I get what you're saying, and it's not I'm not like I'm trying to write off what you're saying, but the problem is when you, and this, this once again, this is twenty twenty hindsight, of course, but write off everything I just said when you. <laughs> When you when you when you take into account the team Russ was doing that on, right, and you just realize how different those teams are built and structured. So much of the success that Russ had on Washington, especially later in the year, was was formu- formulated from the fact that him and Marcin Gortat were able to do successful pick and rolls, and 
in this yeah. system, and then your wing is Bradley Beal. It's not LeBron James. And you know the last time played on the Wizards? What? You know the last time Gortat played on the Wizards? When was it? Bro, that was like 2016. Was it? So who's the center I'm yeah. thinking of? Uh, maybe you're thinking of the time. Maybe it's, you must be thinking of Thomas Bryant. Or was it Alex Len? No. Oh, so, it, it was Alex Len. It, it was Alex Len, right? Okay, so yeah, whomever is it, if it was Alex Lynn or if it was Thomas Barnes, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure which center it was at the time, but Gortat. I just always whenever I think Washington, I just think of Gortat, Beal, and Wall. But that's crazy. But I will say that that was that the way that wing that wing structure was built. It was so much more conducive for Russ to be able to have that type of season this year. It just the the way you looked at how the roster was built, it just ah man. But I don't know. The the I just want to say that the you just you can just see the gap right in how these teams are being managed at the top. You see the gap, and you see the difference the where where the differences align between management and a lot of that you can you give credit to obviously Golden State's management, but you have to give credit to the players as well because all these players for Golden State have panned out to some degree, and yeah, you know it's 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 an amazing thing to see. But I mean, we got to talk about probably the biggest pan out for them in history, honestly, is Steph Curry, and with Steph now going to his sixth NBA Finals and possibly being able to win his fourth ring, I, I do want to talk about his legacy somewhat here because. I think when people talk about Steph Curry, I think people are getting comfortable now being able to to start talking about Steph as a top 10 player of all time. Some people are. I I think that when we're looking at resume, Ste- Steph's resume is pretty is pretty crazy. I mean, he's he's been an eight-time All-Star, of course, two-time scoring champion. He's an eight eight-time All-NBA guy and three rings. Two-time MVP. He was on the NBA 75th anniversary team. He's on the all-rookie team. And he was the 2021-2022 All-Star MVP. And you you look at it and you're like, man, this guy has this guy has done so much in the in the NBA and he's been so good. I mean, he's been even when we talk about his all NBA appearances, right? He was what? He has three four all NBA first teams. He has three All-NBA seconds, and he has one All-NBA third team. And it really is it really is starting to come to a situation where you're like, gosh, damn, man, where where is this guy going to finish when it's all said and done? Like, how are we going to rank him, especially if he's finally able to capture his first finals MVP this season? So I guess we don't want to be preordained who, if Steph to win a championship now, but just with this finals appearance, I mean, where where do you see Steph and his legacy at this point in time? I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna answer your question with a question. Does does Steph have a chance to catch Magic? Does he have a chance to catch Magic? I don't think so. He well, no. Let me let me rephrase that. He has a chance, but he still has a lot to do to catch Magic. Okay, because the reason why I say that and people are going to be like, well, Steph is going to like when you look at scoring and stuff like that. But that's just like saying. I it, it, Magic is a different type of point guard than what Steph Curry is. 
Ma- Magic Johnson is more Chris Paul category point guard than he is Steph Curry. Steph Curry follows the suiting of like a Damian Lillard and or they they are they are considered to be in the same brass of point guard rather than a Magic Johnson type of point guard, right? But then when you look at all that Magic John- Johnson accomplished as a player, it's one of those things that you're like, okay, well, we gotta you gotta give respect where it's due because in sim- similar sense, how people how give, people give Chris Paul his respect, Magic Johnson deserves that similar respect for what he was able to accomplish just playing a different brand of point guard basketball. But yeah, continue your point. Okay, the idea uh, where Steph all time point guard wise, it doesn't move much, obviously because he's already two. I think he's pretty solidified at two. I don't think anybody's. You know what's weird, man? Yeah. It's weird though because people, man, I don't know what it is, but I don't know. These are people hanging on to the old guard, but and, and this guy deserves respect. But a lot of people, I realize, I've been trying to throw guys like Isaiah Thomas and guys like Oscar Robertson in here to try and get them into this 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 conversation with the point guards, and I'm just like, all right, fair enough. They they do deserve their respect, and I get it. Maybe different types of point guards. At the time of when they played, I guess, even though Oscar is way more of a Russell Westbrook mold type of point guard than a Magic Johnson. But I, I would say that you just can't deny the the career achievements of a guy like Steph Curry. It just, the records, the all that stuff, you know, it gets, but I, I want to continue your point. I just wanted to note that it, it, some people do still argue for other guys like Isaiah and Oscar. Also, I, I just want to point out the disrespect of saying Steph Curry was the, the biggest thing they've hit on. Absolute disrespectful. But I want to continue. Um, the Yeah, so I don't think it moves the needle for him in terms uh, – yeah, those people listen, whatever. I'm not going to – whatever, who cares? I'm not going uh, to entertain that. Uh, the Yeah, so he solidified second. I think he's more than – even just going to the finals, I think, uh, I think has – solidified him in second and again it's a pretty big gap in between second and third the only one that really holds weight to me is Oscar Robertson but I I think it's just just like with anybody in that era it's just hard to to quantify their impact on at that level and and at that time comparative to now as we have more like there's more information out now like the, even the era like right after him we have more information about and it's easier to talk about those people than it is Oscar Robertson. It's kind of the same problem with Will Chamberlain where it's just like, you have people who are like, who have him like ridiculously high. And there's some people who have him, you know, bottom, bottom of the top 10 slash out of the top 10 because we just don't have. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Too much information about where he's, what he did in that, in that era. Not that what he did, but like the competition he faced, what he did. And being able to like see him, we don't really have highlights of him playing. We don't really have anything other than like newspaper clippings and stories of from other players. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's like it's like that. But in Isaiah Thomas, like uh, the Isaiah Thomas one is far too long and deep to get into. But I don't think Isaiah Thomas has an argument for even being third. To be honest. Mm. So again, Steph. I guess the big question is: the Steph is Steph a solidified top twenty player of all time? I actually want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna reverse your question on you. I actually want to know: do you think Steph can catch Magic? That's crazy. Uh, how are you gonna answer a, answer a question with a question? <laughs> I want to know because you got my opinion on it. So I want to know your your thoughts. Okay. Do I think? Do I think he can catch Magic? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hold on a second. How, many, how old is Steph? Is Steph 34? I think he's right around that age, Mark. He yeah, just, he just, was, his birthday was in March, and he just, yeah, he's 34. 34. He All just right. turned 34. If Steph was, if Steph was 32-ish, I would say yes. Uh, but uh, 34 years old, at, and you're already seeing his decline. I don't think, uh, I don't think it's a, he's going to catch him. Yeah, Magic they, went on a run there. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, it's just it, th- just that that early that early missing time and then missing time again, just recently, uh, kind of messed him up. But and, I, and like I said, I think we're seeing the starting the start of the decline. You know, he shot under forty percent for the first time in his career. He shot a, like a career low in field goal percentage. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to see the playoffs. Um, I'm pretty sure it's playoffs. He's still shooting, he's shooting under 40%. You know, he's averaging 23 points a game. It's just, uh, it, you know, he's uh, and obviously he's playing. Uh, he's playing a different role. Yeah, his role shifted some. I didn't want to know because you got it when you're caught. You're now you're you're also alleviating some of those shots to Jordan Poole. But at the same yeah. time, I mean, he averaged 27 next to Kevin Durant. Yeah, but I, also, I mean, that was what. Three years ago, yeah, yeah, you know the difference is a big difference between thirty-one and and um, and thirty-four. LeBron could have fooled me. Yeah, freak of nature. <laughs> and but yeah, it's just I I really think if he was like thirty-one, he'd have a real good shot. Thirty-one, thirty-two, he'd have a real good shot. Two two more elite years and then start falling off at thirty-four. Yeah, but I mean, I just don't think. Uh, man, listen. But you know, the one thing I do, I will say, is that this gives me belief that we can't. Like, you can see somebody knock off Magic. Yeah, that's it's gonna be that's hard. Thing. But it's very unbelievably hard. See, I mean, I mean <laughs> that's I the problem. With, I mean, listen, when I mean, you're the best point guard of all time, uh, I, I mean, you know, it's going to be hard. Dude, but it's just one of those things, like, I, I mean, think about each category of who the best is in that category, right? It takes, yeah. like, a a a best-of-the-generation type player to even get close to unseating whoever is at the best at that position. And Kobe for Michael, 
in terms of even getting close to being the next, the, you know, that shooting guard. And it's still like the gap is still real between the two. Yeah. And yeah. it's one of those things like Kobe's legitimately like the second best shooting guard, but the gap between yeah. number one and number two is unparalleled. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But then you look at Steph and Magic. Steph has been on an, bro, this team has been to six finals in eight years. And think about all the circumstances they need to, they needed to happen for it to work in this manner. Bro, let me read you my, let me read you the Lakers playoff appearances with Magic Johnson at the helm, okay? The very first year, they drafted Magic Johnson. They won the finals. The next year, they lose in the first round of the Western Conference. The next year, mm-hmm. they win the NBA Finals. They lose two mm-hmm. straight finals. They win the finals the next year. They lose in the Western Conference Finals. They win two straight finals. They lose in the finals to the, they lose in the, finals to the Pistons. They lose in the Western Conference Semis. They, lost in, they lose in the finals to the Bulls. Then, they, then Magic Johnson contracts HIV, and then that pretty much knows what happened from that point on. Yeah. And... But that's a bro, that's an incredible run. Magic Johnson was in the finals more years of his career than he was not, and that that is absurd. That that's crazy. And there was, I mean, there was a streak there when they went to the finals four straight seasons, just just like the Warriors did against the Cavs. And there, and even for the Warriors, it went to what the Warriors went to five straight, right? Mm-hmm. And you see, it, it extends more when we're talking about. For the for Magic Johnson's Lakers, if you want to count up the years of how many finals they went to in X amount of years, they went to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They went to nine finals in twelve years, <laughs> and they won five of them. Who, that, um, uh, Lakers? Yeah, the Lakers did under Magic Johnson, okay. and that's just. That's crazy. I mean, and when you look at Magic's accolades, well, he's a four-time assist champ. I forgot to know Steph Curry's what he's a two-time scoring champion. I think, yeah, he's a two-time scoring champion. I forgot to give that Steph that nod. Magic is a four-time assist champion, five-time NBA champion, three-time Finals MVP, NBA seventy-fifth anniversary team. He's a three-time MVP. He is a two-time All-Star Game MVP. He is also twelve-time All-Star. Obviously, he made the all-rookie team. He's a Hall of Famer. And he made t- 10 all-NBA teams. And even when we go deeper into the all-NBA teams, for Magic Johnson, he's been on... <sighs> wow. This guy is... This guy is absurd. He's been on... He's been first-team all... He was first-team all-NBA for nine straight years. Literally up until he contracted HIV. And in his... In the year after his rookie year, he was all-NBA second-team. Yeah, it's and he's he's finished top five. He finished top five in MB, MVP voting for ten straight for almost ten straight years. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's hard. <laughs> it, it's hard, bro. Very hard. <laughs> That's crazy. But I, I, see, the thing is, like, and I don't want to see. It sounds like I'm taking away credit from uh, from Magic here. But all right, you come in your rookie year, right? And you get Kareem for, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I mean, actually, until the end of his career. Yeah. You have Kareem. And it's not like Kareem was, was like some bum or nothing. I mean, in 1995, 85, 85, 96, he was still putting up 23 points a game. Yeah. 
You know, and it's not like he's throwing up shots like he shot fifty six percent. Yeah. Uh, and then you get the number one draft. Like you go to, you get, you win a championship, and you get the number one pick, and you get James Worthy. <laughs> it's pretty. Well, I think, <laughs> it's pretty well, crazy. I think, you know, it's just, it's just like that. Like it's a, a crazy. It's and it's like you know, so it's like going to the finals nine times. Like, don't I'm obviously Magic was the conductor. Like, there's no. There's no, uh, you know, putting anything around it or taking that away from them or anything like that. But, like, that kind of team building is not going to happen. And you could say, ooh, with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant worked because of a freak incident that Steph was injured. And that affected, and that injury affects his, his all-time placement today. Yeah. So it's like he gained something but lost something else, you know? Yeah. And the Kevin Durant acquisition – you can make the argument. Granted, I mean, obviously, it helped his overall ring count and their ability to get to the finals and stuff like that. It it, it helps Steph, I think, more than it hurt. But Steph not winning an NBA Finals to date, still, I it, I I I'm not even going to go into my thoughts. Everybody knows how I feel about the 26, 2015 NBA Finals. And if I had those, if, if I had the game on the line, a shot on the line to win the game. <laughs> I'm taking Andre Iguodala. <laughs> One of the greatest sport takes of all time by, <laughs> by that man, Max Kellerman, bro. I, I still, I can't, I can't rationalize. I can't. Man, but, the death beam on the planet? Oh, I can't, I can't. What's it called? I also want to, you know, yeah, he's never winning a finals MVP. But you know what else it, it robbed us of? Is what? that Steph just going crazy in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, it's like look at what Luca was able to do this playoff, this uh, this playoff run, right? Where he's just he's there's he, his second best player is Jalen Brunson and and Spencer Dinwiddie, whenever whichever one of those two wants to play go in the game, or Davis Bertans and, and Dorian Finney Smith, you know, whoever whoever steps up in that day. But most of the time, it's like, hey, Luca, here's the ball, go go win us the game, and you know he put in the forty consistently. Yeah, we didn't get we never we just never outside of like one year. We just never got to see that from Steph. Yeah, and it's wild too because then you just look at after the MVP season, you just look at oh man. He he wasn't he was he reached almost optimal efficiency in a similar fashion multiple years, but like one year he shot forty nine and a half percent from from the field and forty two percent from it, it it is mind boggling that Steph shot forty five percent from three in a season. That that is actually like multiple he times shot what? that he that he's shot forty five percent from from three point range on multiple occasions in a season. That not even forty five percent. He shot how many threes did he take in some of those seasons? And that and that in the MVP year he took eleven threes that season. That's forty five percent. That's that's no nah, man, that doesn't make any sense. It's that's just crazy. It, it is it is mind boggling. But I mean, you have a point because we look at it each year. But the crazy thing is, so granted, remember he did get hurt that unanimous MVP year in the first yeah. round when he I think he slipped or something against the Rockets, was it? And he yeah, got is that, is that the season he came back against um against Portland? Yeah, they came back against Portland, and he has the I'm back game. Where he dropped yeah, like forty, yeah, yeah. and that that he because in that postseason he averaged like twenty five points on forty three point eight shooting from the field and forty percent from deep, so still pretty crazy. But 
And then you look at the, the following years. It's like crazy because then the next postseason, he averages 28 in the he averages 28 that postseason on 48% from the field and 42% from deep. The following postseason after that, 25.5, 45% from the field and 39 and a half from deep. And then you just see it. You see the efficiency steadily coming down. And, ah, uh, man. I mean, granted, you got to consider how much – because, well, the injury hadn't occurred yet. But this next season is where you see the efficiency coming down. This is the year they lost to Toronto. But, yeah. I know. I, w- I wish. I'm. I'm very curious if we will see a semblance of that stuff in the NBA Finals. Because yeah, I don't. We've had moments no, with we, this Warriors team. I just feel like this Warriors team is just built so differently, and that's why I think so. Yeah, it's, it's so different than it was even in his unanimous MVP season. Then I don't know if we'll get that. It's just. It's weird. It's weird. It's not con- unless he's just flaming hot. We're probably not going to get. It's just the shots don't funnel that way. For him, yeah, it's weird, but yeah, um, but you know, we got to we got to witness a couple. He's had some great series. He's just he's just never had that chance to just have that like thirty-five point. You're taking all the shots. You know, you're we're we're gonna I we're just gonna feed you no matter what. Yeah, uh, playoff run. Like you know, Young Bron had um, he had the series against the Magic where he was putting up forty. Uh, Luca had his had this whole playoff run. There's not even not there's not even a series you can just point to. It's just the whole playoff run. Yeah, you know it's like it's just like dang man, we just never never got a chance to get that from him. That's facts. I know it is a, is a bit of a thing that we feel a little bit robbed of, but I don't know. Maybe hopefully we get it this finals. But I did want to ask you. So in terms of now with them being in the finals and we're in a situation where they essentially line up to face either the winner of Miami and Boston, who do you think would be the, the best matchup, ideal matchup for Golden State? Give me, first, give me your okay. ideal matchup and then give me the matchup you want to see. Uh, I already picked who I wanted those finals, and that's who I wanted to see in the finals. But, uh, what was I about to say? Oh, Miami. Miami without a doubt. I think is the match. Do you want Marcus Smart hounding you for for thirty five minutes a game if you're Steph Curry? <laughs> Facts. You know, you know, and it's just, it's just, uh, uh, you know, a six, a six three, two hundred and thirty pound just behemoth just hitting you on every screen, picking you up full court. It's just, ah, uh, you don't want that. Yeah. It's like somebody it's just, so, yeah, you get worn down. It, and then it's like, oh, all right, finally I switch off. I get Marcus Smart always oh, Jalen Brown. All right, let's call a switch. Let's call Jason Tatum. You know, it's just it's just it just never stops. <laughs> you know, it, it it's like, and then you get past him, and it's like, oh, Robert Williams is at the is at the basket. <laughs> and, and so it's like, at least with at least with Miami, you know, you can you can go at if Duncan Robinson's on the floor, you can you can play him off the court. You know, if Tyler Tyler Hero's on the court, you can at least attack Tyler Hero. Yeah. You know, there's people you can attack. You know, Kyle Lowry, you know, he's a good defender. Probably bad or anything like that. But, you know, he's up there in age. Yeah. So, it's like, and you're, and you're never going to, you're never going to, you know, get Jimmy Butler switched on to you. And if you do, somebody has a mismatch. 
So you you would much rather have that than have, you know, six three guys who are all well, you have two guys who are six seven to six eight on the wing on in Boston. And then you still have a great defender now, Orford. And then you still have Robert Williams, who's also good, who can check you on the perimeter, but he's gonna just just throw anything he can around the rim. Yeah, it's just, it's just it's so annoying. <laughs> Gets frustrating. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just annoying to play against. <laughs> and, and it's like they're, I will say, that, and I want to say they're more inconsistent on on offense, but it's like that's not even true either. I I, don't, I just feel like. What's it called? It's just a all-around better team. Yeah, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Finish your point. And it's just like if you ever are like, which team do you want to play? Like, it's not even like like. Typically, it'd be like, oh, Miami's the better defensive team, and Boston's the better offensive team. So you know, you just pick your choice on which one you want to you want to take. But it's like, it. it I, I just feel like Boston, and you know, Boston might lose these next two games. It won't change my opinion. They've been the better team. Yeah, and they are the better team. Yeah, I think, I think it gets vibes of. Remember, I think last round you said this too. I think you said last round that without Chris Middleton, even if the the Bucks won it, the Celtics were the better were the better team, better yeah talented team. And I think this is the same for this case as well. I think it's evident, man. It, it becomes very clear. I don't think anybody on Boston can dribble for good for goodness sake. But Boston. yeah, nobody can dribble on Boston. It's amazing to me that you have so many, so much star talent, and nobody can dribble. Watching Jalen Brown am, dribble is like, nah. you said what? I was just about to bring him up. I was just about to bring him up. I was like, <laughs> I am shocked Jalen Brown doesn't average five turnovers a game. <laughs> it's amazing to me. Like, oh my gosh! If you you guys listening to this, this will this will be dropped before the game. Probably be dropped. You guys will hear this in the afternoon, but. I, I just want to say it is just watch, please, please watch game six and just look at Jalen Brown's dribbling. It, it is. I don't, I don't know. I can't not be- just watch Jalen Brown's dribbling. Watch Jalen Brown driving to the basket. Oh gosh, man. It's amazing that he doesn't get stripped, lose the ball more. Uh, any, any kind of sort of thing. It is genuinely, we need to put together an all can dribble team. <laughs> we should, right? Oh man, that's an off-season content. We need to put it is. We we need to throw together a all because you know Clay Thompson's got to be on there too. Oh yeah, dead ass right. Can't Clay cannot dribble, man. Oh, it's painful. If you run Clay off the three-point line, man, the most you're about to get is a dribble in, pull up mid-range. Uh, power forward's <laughs> got to be Davis Bertans. <laughs> hey, bro, come on. We should, right? Oh my gosh, that'd be great. Davis Bertans at that the court. A first, a first, you gotta do a first and a second team. Yeah, yeah. All, all no dribble, all no dribble NBA team. Yeah, we will do this in the offseason. It's a must now at this point. Oh gosh, Jason, Jason or Jalen Brown is definitely making the first team. It's anemic. It is, it is, it is horrific. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's gonna make first team. He might. I don't know. It's a tough, it's a, hey, listen, it's a tough competition. Dog. Marcus Smart can't dribble either. That's what I'm saying. It's a it's a tough competition. Oh uh, man, it amazes me that Boston doesn't just average twenty turnovers a game. Bro, one the remember what I said uh, when when in the Boston series when he got blocked, it was like you know the playmaking ability of of he's your best he's your best playmaker. Yeah, 
you know, it's just like, I, I mean, it, it's not hamstrung, apparently. So I, I was wrong about that. But, like, I mean, I guess I wasn't wrong. I still picked them to go to win that series. But it was just like, man, it's just a struggle. Like, imagine if they just had a genuine real playmaker. It's almost like they had Kyrie Irving one, once upon a time. All right. Well, I, uh, <laughs> I said playmaker, not Hey, I'm a, a guy that can dribble. I, you, you're not wrong. He can that. definitely you're, dribble. Listen, if there's if there's if there's a top three thing Kyrie can ever can do, it is dribble. <laughs> listen, everything on offense, unbelievably great. Man, it's just everything else. It's literally, you know, funny thing is, it's almost like Marcus Smart. I mean, to give him credit. He does have he has a, a good enough dribble and playmaking ability that he can be a, a I do this in air quotes point guard but it's like he's almost the exact opposite of Kyrie to a, to a degree because he's, he's defensive player of the year literally an opposite of Kyrie Irving <laughs> the defensive player of the 13 year 13 voted Kyrie Irving Kyrie got voted 13 he got one vote for 13 votes are public right yeah all right, after this, we got to find out who. All right, no, it was Jalen. It was Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose. Yeah, that don't. You know, no, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah, yeah, he had to. He had to make a statement. He, he said, "I have to fall on the sword because <laughs> I got mesmerized." <laughs> oh man, that's incredible. Like, hey, how are you gonna make a terrible pick and then say you gotta fall on the sword? That's crazy. They <laughs> give give media member votes, guys. I don't. <laughs> hey, who who? Uh, we always talk about. Oh man, see, this is why you can't let those basketball nerds make picks because they don't know basketball. You need to get players to make picks. All right. Well, this is what happens <laughs> when you give players picks. Uh, this is. Oh man, this man. I gotta fall on this. What the fuck? What is he? Doing? I got to oh, fall the sword for my bad decisions. That's crazy, man. What the freak? Oh, gosh. Okay. Anyway. So, okay. So, you're, yeah, Miami would be the ideal matchup. And then I agree with the dream matchup would, would probably be, I think, for a television ratings at this point, which the NBA needs because these games have been horrific, oh. it, would, it would be the Boston Celtics. Honestly, oh, yeah, yeah. next podcast. I don't think anybody wants to watch Miami in the finals outside of Miami fans. I'd probably agree at this point, to be yeah, real. So it, it's, it's, it's just so, so many so many injuries. Yeah, their their offense is horrible, man. And Miami, you, the funny thing is, I don't know if you picked up on this watching the game. I, was, I don't know if I sent this to you, but Miami, if you notice, if the game if the game isn't, if the refs aren't allowing it to be ultra-physical, Miami's chalked. They're chalked. Every, I, I, I go in further than that. The one, the one game, the one of the games they won, whichever game Bam went off on, Robert Williams wasn't playing. Yeah, and it's like it's no coincidence that he goes off the game he's not playing. And since uh, Robert Williams come back, nine points, uh, eighteen points, anemic. Uh, the games before that, uh, six points, ten points. Yeah, and these aren't these aren't like he's playing fifteen minutes or something like he's in foul trouble. He's not playing. 
say 37 minutes, 29 minutes, 28 minutes, 38 minutes. These aren't like, bro, I'm, he had one great game. It just happened to be the rim protectors out of the game. Remember when people were talking about, this probably was Miami fans, but remember when Miami fans were talking about Bam being better than Anthony Davis? He's more available. I give him credit for that. Hey, availability is the best ability. Best ability. Hey, there you go. He's he's available. He he is better at being available than Anthony Davis. I'll give him that. He is he's better, I, which is important. I, think, I don't think you're giving enough credit. He's also a better playmaker than than uh, than uh, what's his name is. On and off. Yeah. On and off. Yeah. It's on and off, bro. It's on and off. Like this yeah. this series highlights Bam's lack of playmaking at times it's very it's very especially when tyler hero or duncan robinson is not in the game it's very obvious because if bam doesn't have that corner outlet three to kick on his rolls or if sometimes he gets the ball stranded on the baseline my, my dude looks like a, a fish like i mean a, a fish out of water in the in the most polite way i could say it and i don't know this is one of those things that when like, I know it's a stat. Like, oh, Miami is the top seed in the Eastern Conference, and they have no all-NBA players. Blah, 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 blah. I don't – I mean, granted, I can't I, – this is where I'm like, I don't know, man, because did Devin Booker have a better season than Steph Curry? No. Did Devin Booker have a better season than John Morant? No. Right? But he got that first team because his team won more games. I listen. I could go – on See, a rant about be, how no you know what I, so, i'll give i'll give him over i'll give him over stuff i'll give him that but how do you then how do you but then how do you not have one miami player on there this is where i that's why i say the nba voting is inconsistent man and no, and you hey, you, listen, you did no, send me no, a thing no. you did send me a thing hey, so. i don't don't know hey uh look so here's what i was gonna say uh they were what eight games ahead of everyone else over eight it was like 12 or something like that, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, they're so far ahead. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Miami was not even the second best team in the league. No, it was the freaking it, it was the Grizzlies. Yeah, so, I mean, they were tied to third. Well, that's the thing, though, because... And they were only a game above fourth. Yeah. Well, fifth, I guess, if you're tied for third. Um, so I'm like, I, I, I understand the Booker one. Like, I can understand it. You know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of giving guys. I, I guess also the injuries kind of played a part in it. A lot of guys were injured. You know, Steph had a down year. Dame's out for the season. Okay, the more I'm talking about this, the more I'm talking myself. But does he, did he, did he deserve it over a jaw? I know Book obviously played more games, but th- he didn't have a better season than Joe Yeah, Moore. no. Uh, what's his name? Missed like 20, 24 games. I'm, not, I'm, I'm okay with that. But that's, see, this is what I. The evaluation nope. here, man. Nope. Nope. The nope. evaluation nope. of time, nope. man. Nope. nope, 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 nope. He missed He missed 20 plus games. If he had played those games, he'd be first team. Simple as that. He didn't play those games. Therefore, he wasn't. Simple as that. I don't know, man. Uh-uh. Hey, all because you, all because you are trying to find whatever reason you missed only twenty five games. All because you're trying to find a reason to, to crap on NBA voting does not mean it's wrong. I trust me. I don't gotta. The reasons are all over the place. I don't gotta. They're, he played. He, he played eleven less games than Devin Booker. Stop it. He played eleven, 11 less games. 
that's not like so, so, I, it's not a good amount of games. But the, okay, so but then we got to keep it consistent all through through every position. Then it also depends on how how much of a difference he outplays them. It's not like you're looking. The like, Jokic deserve first team over Joel Embiid. Yes. Yeah, he's the MVP over Joel Embiid. Now, okay, now here's my second question. Did Tatum deserve a forward spot over Embiid getting first team votes for a forward spot? Okay, but that's different. How is that different? Because people are are traditionalists in the sense of like, oh, we're not going to vote, you know, a center in a forward spot. Oh, that's malarkey, man. That's, if, 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 if you want to reward a guy for ha- sorry, go ahead and go ahead. I'm not trying to talk over you. Go ahead. I'm not sitting here saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying people, people are traditionalists and are like, Oh, I'm not going to put a center in a forward spot. He didn't play power forward. So I'm not picking him. I don't know, man. I don't know. I agree. He should be first team. And I agree with JJ Wright that they should just remove positions and just be the five best players. And if it was that way, Joel and first team. He should have been. But I'm not saying over not. he should have been over Jokic, but he should have. Oh, yeah, yeah, if, if I'm looking know, at yeah. the first team and I'm picking a guy off, <laughs> I mean, I I don't know if I want to pick Jason Tatum off, but it's it's either Tatum or Booker got to go. Like, I'm looking at one of I those. Mean, yeah, Booker, Booker, Booker gets the boot immediately. Yeah, it's one of those two dudes. Yeah, 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 like, come on, he gets the boot immediately. I'm looking at those um, two, and it's immediate. Booker, honestly, I don't know if Booker, Booker if you pick the five best players, as opposed to like Booker might be second team, maybe, probably. You would think. Maybe. You would, I mean, but see that's the thing. But you're you're. But we're also factoring games played. But see the cutoff of the thing for me with games played normally what is right around fifty ab- above fifty seven sixty games or something like that. Isn't that normally the cutoff? It's seventy five percent of the season. But the problem, okay, seventy five percent of the season. But then here's the thing with me with Booker and the and John Morant, right? Because then how does Booker win most improved? Or sorry, John Morant win most improved player oh, if the games the games are held yeah. against them? This is uh, I don't know. Well, no, no, no. All right, I think every everybody acknowledges that that most improved pick was absolute garbage. That <laughs> makes no sense to me, man. It, I, I think everybody you know, and and. I, I and I'm not going to get into the whole politics of this thing, but like, I think it's more so like NBA wants to like push because listen, listen, they they were pushing John Morant this playoffs, and I think it's just that they're trying to they're trying to push their their youngest most electric star as much as they can. Yeah, I mean, I think it plays a part in it. I when I when you look at the, how the voting breaks down, I mean, I'm don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Booker shouldn't be first team. I'm just pointing out the inconsistencies of some of this stuff, though. But then when you even look at the first team voting, it's just crazy because Joel Embiid gets more first team votes than Jason Tatum. Yeah, and it's wild, man. I can't. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if if it was five best player, I, Joel beats easily first team. Like, I don't think anybody's like. Saying, oh, well, you know, uh, I can't joke Joel Embiid because, uh, you know, whatever, you know, they would make up. But, like, you know, as it is right now. So I, I mean, personally, I, I would put Joel Embiid first team. Easily. Yeah. Yeah, I think even, he... even even with Even with the restriction, whatever, he, he was top three MVP all season, essentially. I put him at the fourth spot. I, I, you know what? Him onto the Kumpo, I put him at the fourth spot. I don't care. Giannis is the only 100 for 100 of all yeah, first team sure. votes. 
That is actually wild. But I, I'm not surprised because nobody was going to vote Giannis at the center. So yeah, he he was going to receive no... 100% at his position. Yeah. And it, the and the thing is, like, yeah, it's like, who are you voting over, over Giannis? Like, yeah, he's a lock for... As a four. You know, I think, I think LeBron missed it by one season because somebody voted for, like, Carmelo Anthony and somebody else over LeBron because they were like, oh, LeBron's going to get first team NBA anyway. Yeah. So I just want to put, yeah, no, it's like, it's one of those. So it's like, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, it's cool. One of the first times in history. But at the same time, it's like also, you know, a lot of guys who should have got all unanimous didn't get it because, you know, whatever reason. Yeah. And, guys, I don't want to take away. I'm trying to reiterate reiterate this. The takeaway from this is not the fact of that I think Devin Booker shouldn't be All-NBA. And if, for those who don't know, I, I, let me actually read the All-NBA teams because some people might not know. So the first team All-NBA at the forward position or at the guard positions is Luka Doncic, Devin Booker. Forward position is Giannis Tedekumpo, Jason Tatum, and in the center is Nikola Jokic. Second team, the guards are John Morant, Stephen Curry. The forwards are Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan. Center is Joel Embiid. And at the third team... Guard is Chris Paul and Trey Young. The forwards are LeBron James and Pascal Siakam. Center is Carl Anthony Towns. Now, if we're going to talk about one of Miami's guys not getting up there, and then you want to talk about whatever, I think the person that a lot of people are going to target on this, on the third team, is obviously going to be Pascal Siakam. And then some combination. What? Who had a better season than Jimmy Butler? He did. It's going to be, they're going to attack Pascal Siakam, and they're also going to attack Trey Young. So those are going to be the two guys that. Get he, picked he did and i don't know i think i think it's one of those things where people are now debating i mean it's the same thing i've been crying about for over a month now about the fact <laughs> about how much does winning impact these awards yeah i don't know if i don't know if the pascal siakam thing is there's an argument to be had i will say it's not it's pascal by Leaps and bounds. Yeah. I think there's an argument to be had when you look at the the biggest argument against Jimmy Butler is his games played. Especially if winning is a factor of any sort when it comes into judging this. Like anybody bringing me Bam into this conversation, let's not. Let's just not. All right, let's let's agree we we're not going to, and let's say we did. Who's third team center? Third team All NBA center was Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, I'm stopped. Oh, I'm I'm surprised. Why? That you wouldn't put Bam over. No, no. As much as much, I I I like I like Cat as a player. I I I, I know I criticize him, but I actually like Cat as a player. I just don't criticize an understatement. But go ahead. I don't like the Name. fake the, the fake tough guy stuff. Man. See, here, I, I never it's not a criticism. I'm, I mean, that's I, look. I, the, I, I don't like the. Not gonna react. Nope, 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 nope. I'm not going over it. I'm gonna let you sue in your in your. Whatever you want to call it, extreme dislike of Carl Anthony Townsend, whatever <laughs> made no. up reason you want to have, I do not rehashing it. Oh man, it's not extreme dislike. But guys, it's been fun, man. This is a good, fun podcast, guys. Of course, if you guys have not already, please make sure you leave a review for the podcast, leave a rating. It always helps to push the podcast and the algorithm on whatever podcast network it's on. So please make sure you leave a review and leave a rating. And of course, guys, make sure you subscribe if you're listening on whatever pop 
podcast platform and also subscribe to the KBR Sports YouTube channel. And also, please, guys, make sure you go ahead and follow all the social medias. Those will be down below in the podcast description. And before we rock, I want to get your pick for game six. Who wins game six? Boston. Well, yeah, I'd probably vote Boston, too. Yeah. The, the odds that they're going back to Miami is slim for me at this point. But we'll see. It's one of those things. They don't win this game. Ah, that's when it gets rough. Yeah. If they don't win this game, I'm just like, yo, Boston, what are you doing? Right? It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not like a good. That's that, that's that situation where it's like uh, it kind of gets thrown back up in the air as opposed to, again, better team. Game seven at, on the road. Oof. It's kind of one of those things, though. Like it's like with Golden State, right? With Golden State, they everybody knows Golden State dicks around. We all know it. Yeah. They do that. They get into this comfort where it's like I wasn't. I was no not surprised in the least bit that the Mavericks won Game Five or Game Four. Sorry, that they won Game Four and staved off getting swept. And then Golden State came out Game Five. I was like, all right, let's let's do this. And <laughs> that's what happened. But. Yeah, I, I think Boston, this is – it's your time to close it here, man. You guys are the better team. You have the better top-tier talent, more depth, especially with Miami missing Tyler Hero and Kyle Lowry dealing with whatever he's dealing with on and off. And Jimmy Butler, he's he's still not 100 either. So, but all right, guys, that was fun. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Enjoy your days. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe, everybody, and – I'm out.